Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Chris Morosen, joined by Joyce Ng. And Joyce, we're talking about my favorite group of categories at the, at the Emmy Awards, the limited series. We both dress in our best plaid for this one, I see. When are we not in our best plaid? <laughs> I wear plaid every day. But I, when the summer comes, I guess I got to figure out what I'm going to wear. These I know. Are really they need cool. to start making like short sleeve, more sh- like summertime short plaid. Really. Short, short sleeve plaid. J. Yeah. Crew or Gap, uh, if you're watching this, hello. We'd love, uh, love yeah. for you to, to provide us with short sleeve. Uh, we'll do some spawn con for it, though. <laughs> no choice. Limited tears. I feel like that is a great entry point because that feels like something that one of the many leads of these scammer shows would have suggested. Uh, it's true. Someone's going to start like, a, pl- a plaid a summer like clothing company. Yes. And then it's it's go under in like two years. It's and then in un- seven years, there'll be a limited series somewhere about yes. it. <laughs> and it's going to be great. Uh, we've talked about this in, in, in broad strokes, but a lot of these uh, shows are limited series that feel like 10 years ago, five years ago would have been a movie. Now are, are just shows, uh, limited series shows where you have like major stars who are maybe not known for quote unquote television like an Anne Hathaway in We Crashed or, you know, uh, Amanda Seyfried on The Dropout. Uh, Listen, Anne Hathaway got her start on Get Real on Fox in 1999, which I definitely watched. (laughs) I did not. But uh, so, you know, now they're shows and they're very lavish productions. They are are perhaps maybe a step up from what you would think of as just a regular old series, at least from a production standpoint or certainly a cost standpoint. But there are just countless ones. I we before we're recording here, I'm looking at the list. It's just endless. Uh, I, I'm just going to shout out things that I'm just seeing as I'm scrolling. Uh, Moon Knight, major show from Marvel with Oscar Isaac. Uh, Outer Range, Josh Brolin Amazon series. That's like uh, Yellowstone mixed with uh, M Night Shyamalan, I believe. Uh, Roar, which is from the the women behind Glow, who did like an anthology series with Nicole Kidman in it and Issa Rae and and uh, just a bunch of other major stars. It's on and on. The Girl from Plainview, Nine Perfect Strangers, The Thing About Pam. Joyce, every one of these, and none of these I have in, predicted. No offense to these shows, but I can't find room. This year, it. I think we've mentioned this before, but like Limited is usually the most competitive in that it's very high quality and like acclaimed. And not to say like these are not high quality shows, like from a production standpoint or anything, but now it feels like it's just a, a lot of shows, but none of them have particularly stuck out like as, as a really strong frontrunner in any way. Like, I feel like, no, like Queen's Gambit. No. Or even like a mayor of Easttown. None of these are, that, that makes it feel very wide open because I re- agree with you. I don't think there is a frontrunner here to win, certainly. And even, I mean, for nominations, you could tell me like, Again, like the dropout, I have actually in first in my predictions. You could also tell me that the dropout just doesn't get nominated somehow. And I'd be like, okay, like it would not surprise me, I guess, even though I think it'll get like multiple acting nominations. You know, the it, every one of these, I think you could make the case for and against. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, it feels like movies, it feels like a lot of these shows to me also are like, you know, post that big little lies kind of like vibe, or it's like you have a bunch of movie stars doing high class TV as a, on a limited series front. And yeah, I don't know. It's just very hard to, to pick a five or six in this case. I don't know. 
It actually would be probably easier for me if it was just five, if, if it ends up being five slots. Because sometimes for some of these categories, I'm like, I don't know why to put in six. Like, sure, this person. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, one of the shows I, I, I pulled out just because I wanted to get other ones in was Made from Netflix, which is third in our odds uh, and seemingly will get probably nominated. And like you always say, like, where's the Netflix show? We're doing these because there always seems like there's a Netflix show. Uh, it's certainly it's earnings report aside, still like the most broadly popular. Uh, you didn't unsubscribe. I didn't unsubscribe. Okay. No, I still <laughs> subscribe. Uh, but yeah, I don't have made in because I wanted to find room for my beloved. We crashed choice, which I have in. Uh, I do not have we crash and I still have made in. I think made should be okay. Although I, I can see it like underperforming in the way that unbelievable did. That's what I was kind of thinking. A lot of similarities there. Um, and you know, made missed the PGA now, which unbelievable did not. Um, and it won WGA in adapted. Um, so it, yeah, kind of a, a mixed winter for it. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, again, it benefits from being on Netflix, highly visible, um, I think like Margaret Qualley is definitely getting in. She could even win. So yeah, I still have that in. I do not have we crash. I'm sorry. <laughs> so here's what I have in for my six. And you can tell. So I have mostly, mostly like I've dope sick, white Lotus dropout station 11 under the banner of heaven. And then I have we crash. So that's instead of made the top six in our odds at the moment are dope sick, white Lotus made the dropout station 11 and under the banner of heaven. I can make the case for station 11 missing also because I feel like it's a little maybe underseen slash kind of pushed aside by a lot of flashier newer ones. It came out, I think in January, it's a fantastic show. I love station 11 so much. Um, but anyway, there you go. Those are my six. Yeah. I don't have that. I have under the banner of heaven, dope sick, white Lotus made the dropout. And then I put in the staircase. I have not watched the staircase yet. I, have, I haven't gotten to those. Creatures yet. Mm-hmm. They just sent <laughs> them out. I put I that in there like a month ago. Yeah. So, yeah. so and we, like, this is a case where it's like, maybe it's better as five. Cause I was just like, we have a six spot there, you know? And I was like, I'll just put this staircase for now. <laughs> the staircase is Colin for than Tony Collette based on the podcast. Another thing is a lot of these shows are podcasts that have been adapted for shows. Uh, so the staircase is that we crashed was that, uh, you know, Oh, a bunch of, I, I feel like there's more than I'm forgetting the dropout, I believe was that right. Yeah. Um, gaslit. Right. Gaslit. Yeah. I didn't even mention Gaslit. Gaslit on stars with Julie Roberts, major, major best actress winner, Julie Roberts and Sean Penn. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched Gaslit and I, I feel like Julia would be a lock for a nomination if it were on like HBO or something. And this right. is not a knock on stars. This is a reflection of the Emmys not touching anything on stars. So it does feel like, the fact that it's not on a popular uh, platform like, for the like Emmys. an Emmy favorite that's platform. It. That's that's the word. Pop. It, that's exactly the, that you you phrase it exactly right. Uh, is going to hurt that, but I still have. I think I have Julia Roberts in. To my my great reasoning is she's Julia Roberts. That was it. That's all I. Got. I mean, she didn't get in for Homecoming, and we thought she would. <laughs> I guess the thing I would say about the Homecoming performance is that it's not like. There was nothing necessarily, it's not transformation. Like, you know, like in a period piece here, even though obviously Sean Penn is the one who's doing like the, a lot of makeup work, looks like uh, Peter Sarsgaard in, in uh, Green Lantern somewhat, or William H. Macy on, on, on Dropout, a very similar look. I mean, William H. Macy on Dropout is like 90% forehead. So is Sean Penn, I feel like, in, in guess like He has more, like, well-rounded prosthetics, Sean Penn. I guess so. It just always, it, it also looks like it reminds you a little of Jared Leto in uh, in Gucci. When you have, like, a person with... Yes, that's, that's, I, that's, that's more, like, I mean, that Jared and Gucci is more full-bodied as well. <laughs> True. Uh, no, I have Julie Roberts in, because I think it's a transformational uh, performance. But. If, the other thing is, is, like, I don't think she's obviously not as transformational as Sean Penn is. But it's it's still like a great like she still looks like Julia Roberts, but it's still a great performance because I feel like she really embodies Martha Mitchell, who like most people don't know who that is, right? But she's still like 
she was still a public figure. Like if you Google pictures of Martha Mitchell, I had no idea what she looked like. No, me neither. Like Julia Roberts does not like physically look like her, but the performance is really great. And uh, it premiered on Sunday. So yeah. And so the first episode is a lot ensemble, like very ensemble, a lot of setup stuff, obviously. And she, I, I don't, she doesn't, she's not in it a lot, but you know, she'll be in it more later on. And, but she has a lot of great moments in the uh, the first episode alone. So she gets slapped by Sean Penn. And then wow. she's like, my mom has slapped me harder. <laughs> it's another one of those shows that again, in keeping with the theme of a lot of these is like reconsideration of a historical woman mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, a real life person. So like, we've seen that with the dropout and inventing Anna and we, all these shows I feel like are kind of like, you know, giving you a different perspective on, on the person you maybe think, you know, or maybe didn't in this case, right. With, with, uh, Watergate though, I'm sure people are watching this being like you dumb dummies, not knowing Watergate history. So well, listen, we have to give Martha Mitchell her shine now. So, I mean, I've heard of John Mitchell and Martha Mitchell, right. I just, I, you know, I've since done a deep dive into her Wikipedia page. <laughs> so, I would say like the, a good thing I think, or a thing to part of the reason why I have Julian as well is while the show, like you said, I think not getting as much shine because of the network, even though there's nothing wrong with stars, it's just not as popular, obviously, as Netflix or HBO Max uh, from like a, you know, invisibility standpoint. Uh, Julie Roberts has been everywhere, I feel like, for this show. And she's done a really, they've done a really great job of getting her out in front, getting like a com- somewhat comeback narrative for this, I feel like, or just she hasn't been around in a while and we all love Julia Roberts and let's like kind of, remember that we love her and get ready for tickets to paradise, which you and I are both hyped as hell for, for the fall, but also like for this show that is really strongly like got her, her, really her New York times interview was great last week. Did you read that one? I did. I thought that was a great interview. She was on Colbert. Uh, she's been really everywhere. I think she did stuff with EW. So it's like, you know, for someone who I don't think is, I wouldn't call Julia Roberts press shy, but it's not like she does a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, also I think she just does like press, when she has something to promote, like when she has right. workout, right? So I think, yeah, like she hasn't done anything really in a couple of years. Like Ben is back was like the last right. big thing in Homecoming. That was the same year. So, so I have for she, she's for, not just like constantly out there in your face. <laughs> no, for best actors, I have uh, while we're on the top, while we're on the topic, which I, we talked about this a little in our column on Friday, but I have. Margaret Qualley obviously for made Amanda Seyfried for the dropout. I have Amanda Seyfried in first. I think she could still win, even though, again, the dropout feels like everyone was talking about it and then it's ended. And now three weeks later, people are like not as much talking about it, but I think it'll really, I think it'll withstand. And she's amazing on the show. Then I have Viola Davis in for the first lady though. Uh, that feels not like we talked about, not totally uh, stable choice. The reviews for first lady were, were mixed. And um, uh, yeah, well, I, have you watched? I've seen the whole season. Yes. And have you watched any of it? Not and just a little the first one. Not anything. Okay. Else. Yeah. Um, yeah, the show, like I understand what they're trying to do. Um, but I it's not completely cohesive. And uh I feel like they should have just like focused on one flotus a season. It seems like that would have made a little more sense. Yeah. And just having seen just the first one. Yeah. Cause it doesn't like fully justify the structure of like jumping back and forth between the three of them. And they try to find like through lines in every episode. Um, and some feel forced and others feel more natural. And the third episode, which is this coming Sunday, um, it's a flashback episode. So uh, Viola, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Jillian Anderson aren't in it at all. It's like their younger selves, and it's how they met and married their future husbands. Um, and that was actually it felt cohesive because it was like we know what you're trying to accomplish, here, right? You know, but like the other ones, it's yeah, and it I ju- it just feels like each one of them gets shortchanged because you don't get to spend enough time with them because they feel obligated to jump back to like Eleanor Roosevelt or go to Betty Ford mm-hmm. or whatever. And it, it, it just feels like it's like sort of like a greatest hits of like specific moments. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't, if, if it gets renewed, I don't know if they'll change the structure because <laughs> they've, they've definitely talked about like a season two with like future first ladies and stuff. So uh, Viola, I still have her in, like we said, uh, the, 
was the reviews. I like it's not the strongest reviews of the show. I didn't see a lot of outright negativity for her performance from critics, but online on, on, on the Twitterverse choice, people were, were pretty uh, taking some a uh, couple of clips of her uh, more histrionic scenes and like, you know, out of context from the show and like kind of like dunking on them. That was over. Well, it was, it's not even histrionic. It was like the lips. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, I think, on Easter Sunday. So not the well, greatest. Yeah, so that was that was when it premiered. Not the greatest way for yeah. her, perhaps for Viola Davis to spend her Easter Sunday. And then an interview uh, that was published, I guess, this week with the BBC's Today, she was asked about the criticism and she said, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. So this went viral this morning. Another viral hit for Viola Davis for the First Lady. Uh, the critics serve absolutely no purpose. Now, we're not clear on like what critics, you know, is she talking about critics? Like like people, like professional critics. Or just critics who are like people online, like a keyboard critic. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 she doesn't really differentiate, but she, critics serve absolutely no purpose because she says, Quote, they feel like they're telling you what you don't know. Like, oh, you're surrounded by people who lie to you and I'm going to be the person who leans in and tells you the truth. It gives them an opportunity to be cruel. The thing about critics is they serve absolutely no purpose. Uh, so I'm going to guess critics won't love that. I think I already saw some on social media being like, not Viola, but I do see what she's saying. She's basically like, I know what my, I know what my worth is and my performance and, uh, you know, such is life. She also, I think, said on here that not every performance is awards worthy. Uh, I got to find that exact quote. That was another one that she said. Yeah, I, it kind of feels like she's conflating the reviews for the show, which uh, lean negative, let's say. Right. I think it's at like a 35 or something on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously, like you said, you know, Twitter really had a field day yeah. with that clip. And like zooming on her lips and everything on Easter Sunday. And I like, I totally understand her being hurt. Like that, that is very hurtful. Yeah. You know, um, to see everyone just making fun of you and like your performance and your lips. And here's the thing, like 90% of those people who share that clip that day will never watch the show. They just right. saw that on their feed and it's like, LOL, look at her pursing her lips. And it's like, why, why, Viola, right. why? Like, and then they forgot about it. And, you know, the second episode aired this past Sunday, like no one was talking about like her lips or anything no. anymore this no. past Sunday. You know, it's like, it's the internet, they move on. So it's, I feel like it sounds like she's like conflating those two reactions, like the reviews of the show. And I haven't read most of the reviews of the show, but I don't think anyone, any like actual critic, like professional critic, was dragging her in the reviews. Like they might say like, she doesn't look like Michelle Obama, which we all agree with. Right. And her lips are distracting, but like, for me, I got used to it. Like I didn't even notice it after like an episode. And, I also and think like, like the, neg yeah. the strong negative internet reaction, I think is more hurtful. And I, it, it feels like she's like responding to both. Yeah. Well, I think when she says critics, I mean, not like, I do think she was referring to like the Twitter snark more than like the, the, yeah, but the then like the rest of her critics. quote is right. Not every performance, like professional right. critics, right? That's yeah. true. And then, um, but like her performance is totally fine. Like, yeah, and I, I actually still have her in. I don't. I think she will get in. I actually think this kind of comment would help her get in because I think people in the industry are like, yes, critics are not. We don't need them. So, yeah, nothing she says here is going to get her her colleagues mad at her. I would argue. Yeah, and so. I mean, like, I I think the best performance in the show is Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. Like she, Do you have her like in? That. Yes. I, I think we talked about it last time. Like I, I had her above Viola. <laughs> wow. So like you have them both really good. And that performance feels the most naturalistic because it's also the less mannered of the three. Like you could see them trying to make Viola look like Michelle. Right. Right. And obviously Jillian, like she wears like fake teeth to look like Eleanor Roosevelt. Right. And like Michelle, like, kind of looks like Betty, but not really. Like she still looks like Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. And it's like, it's, it's like the same thing with like Julia Roberts and Martha Mitchell and even like Amanda and Elizabeth Holmes, like they know they don't look exactly like this person they're portraying, but it's about like embodying their qualities. And right. I think that really comes through Michelle's performance as Betty Ford. And like, I feel like she's the one that's the most shortchanged because you just want to spend more time in like the four timeline with her. 
Yeah, I guess I haven't read a lot of, I haven't read enough about the show, but I do think you're, it does feel like the kind of thing that was screaming to have like more of like, rather than cross-cutting between the three, like a little more like start with Eleanor Roosevelt, then middle of the season, you know, like Betty Ford. Well, and then the funny thing is, is like Michelle when I've Obama. talked to people before the show premiered or even before we got screeners, like a lot of people thought that would be the structure because it's like, how are you going to do like these three women right. who were, you know, from like three different lifetimes, basically. And like three different eras, like they're not going to share scenes together. So a lot of people thought it would right. be like three episodes for each person. Yeah. Maybe would have made more sense, at least easier to get people's heads around what they're doing. I don't know. Uh, while, so that's the first lady, but I would say this is maybe just my own, my very curated uh, Twitter life. But I feel like while Viola Davis was getting attacked for her performance, Anne Hathaway is ascendant for We Crash Choice, at least on my Twitter feed. I'm just like weigh in. So people I, like, love she's, she's great. On we crashed. <laughs> people, people love her on We Crashed. Uh, she is so good on We Crashed. It's an incredible performance. We talked about this in our column. Uh, I see even today I saw her her dressing as a Navi from Avatar uh, was like going uh, trending up on my my feed. I saw people like being like, "This is a full fifteen minutes of Anne Hathaway in an episode of We Crashed." She's just awesome on it. It's just so good. It's a great performance because she's so funny but also like never treats the character as a joke. And I feel like that's like a real subtle distinction. And I think maybe a different show or a different performance would have made, made her more of like a punchline and maybe had less empathy for the character. But Anne is so empathetic towards her character. It feels like that even when you're making laughing at her, because I think the character, uh, Rebecca Newman does ridiculous. a lot of yeah. ridiculous things and says incredibly ridiculous things. You're not like, it's not like making fun of her. I don't know. I, it's a really subtle term. It's like for a big performance, it's actually like very subtle line that she's uh, walking. And I feel like, you know, maybe we crashed when it came out was lumped in with, with reason with the dropout and super pumped and all these scammer shows. And it ended last week. And I feel like the finale was great. The last few episodes are really entertaining and yeah, I just found the show incredibly, incredibly sticky to me where I, I've i been thinking about it a lot and like, it's just a lot of fun. So I'm way on a week crash. I have Anne Hathaway in. I don't know if you do, but. I do not currently have, I haven't updated since April 5th. Maybe I'll put her in. <laughs> I think she's. Um, no, I really, I really liked her on we so crash. Good. Like she's great. And you know, the show is really a, more about Rebecca than Adam in the end. Yeah. There's a lot more Rebecca backstory. I think it's the third episode. That's like the flashback to her childhood, mm -hmm. right? Um, also a great moment when Peter Jacobson as her dad is like, when she announces she's going to go into acting and then he's like, pop the champagne or get champagne. My daughter's going to win an Oscar. <laughs> so good. It, it's just so good. I, you're exactly right. It does feel like a lot more about her. And I think, again, just because of the, Anne Hathaway is a major star, arguably as big of a star, I would say maybe even bigger than Jared Leto. Right. Like it's like so she's like an A-list and he's an A-list. And so them together on the show, it is definitely like a co they're co-leads, basically. And I don't think, you know, like the dropout has a similar dynamic with Amanda Seyfried and Naveen Andrews. But Amanda Seyfried is the star and Naveen Andrews is definitely not the star, yeah, right. even though he's wonderful in it. And, you know, like even inventing Anna, it feels like Julie Garner is the star, even though Anna Chomsky is like a major part of it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that this show, they're equals in a way that these other ones aren't. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, I would say for inventing Anna, like they're co-leads, but they're going to run Anna Chomsky and supporter, which is, I mean, I, yeah. I get why they're doing that, but still <laughs> like it's, it's framed through her writing that article. But anyway, we crash. Yeah. I think we mentioned this before, but it, it feels like just, you know, how people feel about Jared, especially on the internet has yes. kind of, uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of been like a repellent, like people are, are, you know, less inclined to check it out. So I don't know, like maybe if someone else were playing Adam, maybe it would have been bigger like this. It premiered in March. Right. Yeah. I, it's funny. I definitely, I, I mean, literally, literally the tweet I saw today about Anne Hathaway as a character from Avatar was like, I know we're all tired of Jared Leto. Or, yeah. Like that's, but, that's like the thing, especially like online. It's like, 
you know, between like Gucci and just, and uh, Morbius. <laughs> Yet at the same so. time, watching the show, I'm like, he's so, he's actually hilarious on it. It's like one of his better performances. I, yeah, I and think. he's actually not that big. He's not, he's doing an yeah. accent and he's doing like, he has prosthetics for like his nose and he's got contacts in. He kind of looks like Adam, Adam Newman, not really. And there's actually a lot of like, obviously footage and, and photographs of Adam Newman that he doesn't necessarily track as exactly the same. And the accent is slightly bigger than I think the real Adam Newman's accent at the end of We Crash. They do like so, a little bit of a thing of them. Yeah. Yeah. The, the TCA panel for the show in February, he was like asked about his accent and like how he got, you know, the Adam accent. And he was like, an accent is just a series of mistakes. <laughs> like, right. Like, I think just like making noises. <laughs> when I talked to him about uh, Gucci, I think he said something similar because he had like a, an accent there. Obviously, yeah. did you know that he had an accent in House of Gucci? I, I didn't. I didn't tell me about it. Really subtle. You could really not tell, but he does this like very, very. I, subtle, I need to rewatch Gucci too. Yeah, to very subtle that. Italian yeah. accent. Uh, no, I think he's great on the show too, and I, I think, I, I think I have him in as well. Let me take a look. But I have, just wrapping up actors before we get to to Jared, an actor. So I have uh, Anne Hathaway. I have Julie Garner in for inventing Anna. And I have Julie Roberts. So I'm kind of like going a lot of long shots are odds. So beyond Margaret Qualley, Amanda Seyfried and Viola Davis, then it would be Claire Foy for a very British scandal. Uh, Jessica Chastain for Scene for a Marriage and Gillian Anderson for The First Lady would be the top six. I have Amanda and Margaret, and I think they're the only two that you could. I wouldn't even call them locks. I would just say like they're relatively safe. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have Michelle Pfeiffer. Viola Davis, Claire Foy, and Julia Garner. But I do, I do want to hope Dick Ann. I don't know who I would drop. Put her in. She's so good. I, I really maybe I'll drop so a first lady. I don't, I don't know if. I mean, again, you know, speaking of stars, Showtime also not a very. Uh, it's it's not an Emmy favorite network. No, it's not. We talked about that. I think on Friday you mentioned like the Good Lord Bird at this time last year was maybe like something people thought was going yeah, like, to clean Huff. house, and then it didn't. Uh, that was also why I think Anne Hathaway could get in. I think Apple TV is ascendant, obviously, like it has a lot of attention on on uh, Ted Lasso and won the best picture for Coda. So I think there are it's it's kind of making inroads into the space. And when you have like a big, noisy Anne Hathaway performance like out there, I think people are going to check it out. And I don't think they'll be disappointed. The first couple of episodes are very Good Anne Hathaway episodes, even of We Crash. You don't even have to go through the whole thing, even if you're just watching like the. First yeah, yeah, second. they do her her a uh, uh, very bad quote, and was it like the second or third episode? Yeah, it's <laughs> just great. And she's she's so good on it. I just I just really enjoyed the show. Uh, for actor Joyce, let me just take a look here. Uh, yeah, I do have Jared in. Way to go, me. Go way to go, past self. Uh, putting our boy. I'm Jared still trying in. to figure out how to get Anne in here. <laughs> so here I have, I, I it's a, I have a messy, messy list. But here's my. Of course list. you do. Have, when do you not? Always messy. I have uh, Michael Keaton for Dope Sick, Andrew Garfield for Under the Banner of Heaven, and Ben Foster for The Survivor. I interviewed Ben Foster, so that's a, a just a note for we, people. We know your mo. You predict people you talk to. So. Clear, but I'm not wrong about this. He's in third place in the odds. He's incredibly good in the survivor. It's the only one of these that is like a movie, not a show. Like and a movie. <laughs> it is a movie, right? It's a TV movie, not a show. But it was a real movie at TIFF like last year. And it could have actually, I think if it was theatrical, I think we would have at least entertained the notion of Ben Foster getting an Oscar nomination. This is it's that, like a, a bad education. Yeah, he's actually that good in the, in the movie. And then I have Jared for We Crashed, Colin Firth for The Staircase, Sight Unseen. I still haven't watched it, but I'm just like, it's a juicy, based on the, it's a juicy character based on the podcast. If you've listened to it or read about it, and I think Colin Firth is like poised to uh, knock it out of the park. And then I have uh, Hamish uh, Patel for Station Eleven, who is so good on that show. And I could say, I don't think he's going to get nominated because the name recognition for the people I've left off in this category is through the roof. Uh, Left off Paul Bettany for a very British scandal, Oscar Isaac for Scene for a Marriage, Sebastian Stan for Pam and Tommy, which is a very flashy performance and I think could get him in, Evan Peters for Monster, uh, Samuel Jackson for The Last Days of Pulteney Gray. There's also Oscar Isaac for Moon Knight, Joyce. Any, any Moon Knight love there? Miles Teller for The Offer. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's i know i'm just like coming through there's just so many there's a lot you didn't even mention your fave super pumps 
love Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Super Pumped. Would love to get him in. He's actually so good on it. It's one of my favorite Joseph Gordon-Levitt performances in a while, probably since like 50-50 maybe. Like that was like a great- yeah, 11 Joseph years ago. <laughs> He's, I mean, I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt a lot. I do. I mean, as, as like a lead, you know, he has not, he has actually taken a, he took a pretty big break because he was in so many different things. He had a, he had a big 2012. So, and then he directed Don John and then just kind of- I'm looking at just did hold up his stuff. IMDb in 2012. He did or 2011. He did 50 50. Then yeah, Dark Knight Rises 2012. <laughs> Dark Knight Rises, Premium Rush, Looper, and Lincoln all in 2012. I saw all of those in a theater. <laughs> Great movies, all of them. And then Don John in 2013, which definitely hasn't aged well, but I actually think was like pretty good for like a first time director actor kind of making the transition. Love mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson in that movie. She's like yeah. a real hoot. Uh, he was in Sin City. The interview is an uncredited. He did The Walk, which was a. That was that was a this had Oscar buzz. It was. I saw it at New York Film Festival and I remember being like it was like a big deal because of like the immersive 3D and stuff. I would actually like to revisit it. He was saddled with a very uh, thick French accent. And he yes, actually sounded a little that. like the man. Night Before, which somehow is like a very fun, watchable movie that is not like a rewatchable. So I just feel like it doesn't exist. Anthony Mackie and Seth Rogen. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it's like, it's like lost in time. Yeah, it really is. But it was a lot of fun when it came out. Snowden for for Oliver Stone. This had Oscar buzz. Didn't work. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was, he was in Chicago 7. That was like his big return, basically. Uh, He he was very, very serviceable in Chicago 7. Not a flashy role. Listen, he he won a SAG award for it, so... Then he was in Mr. Corman for Apple TV Plus, which didn't work as a series because it didn't get renewed. And then Super Pumped, and he comes in Super Pumped, just guns blazing, uh, absolutely live wire as Travis Kalanick, the, the found, co-founder of Uber. Uh, an incredibly enjoyable performance. I think the show worked. I don't know if you how much of that show you watched. And I, peak, I have not watched that. <laughs> peak me. So like, obviously like big grain of salt here for people who are watching this are like that. I mean, not my cup of tea, but it's from the guys who did billions and uh, it's got a big Wolf of Wall Street vibe. The thing I love about the show and his performance is I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt, if you talk to random people on the street, not that we do that anymore, you would say like, he's a very likable, nice guy, right? He does. He just exudes a, a certain kind of like every person niceness. And he has some of that charm in Uber and uh, Travis Kalanick on Super Pumped, but it's like so toxic. And he uses that, he weaponizes his like inherent likability because you're like, as a viewer, going along with him being a total uh, sociopath at times and just like really bad because you're like, I do like Joseph Gordon Levin and he's really likable. And it's like kind of seducing the audience into going down dark corners and paths that maybe they shouldn't be. And I like shows like that. And I think that like, he does a great job on it. So I don't have him getting in all that being said, but it's just too crowded. I would love to, to get it. So I, know. So I, I, I have Michael Keaton and Andrew Garfield. I think they're like the male version of Amanda and Margaret. Like they're probably, yeah. I mean, I think Michael Keaton is locked for a nomination. Yeah. yeah. Um, he like won everything in the winter. And I think Andrew's looking good. Talk, um, talk a little about that show, Joyce, before you go on. Cause I know you've watched almost all, right? Yeah. They sent five of the seven screeners. I watched, all five screeners. Um, it premieres on Thursday. Um, so I think we should do a PSA about how to watch the show first. That was what I was going to ask you first. Go ahead. Yeah. This is an FX show. It's an FX show. Um, we actually, ha- yeah, we actually have a, a story that our, our friend Caitlin Thomas wrote a couple of weeks ago, but uh, we'll, we'll repromote it this week about how to watch the show. Cause it is right. confusing. Yeah. Um, FX show under the banner of heaven. It, is not airing on FX linear. You can't find it on your TV channel guide because it is just streaming exclusively on Hulu. But this is not an FX on Hulu branded show like Mrs. America or like a teacher, if you recall those from the past two years. So obviously Disney owns both Hulu and FX. So what happened was in December, FX they just decided to discontinue the FX on Hulu brand because it was confusing to casuals um, because what was the issue was um, on Hulu, they have the FX on Hulu hub where the, those shows like Mrs. America lived, but in that hub, they also put in the 
FX linear shows that just streamed on Hulu the next day. Okay. Like better thing, you know, or like right. snowfall and, and like, you know, casuals don't know the difference. So sure. they were just like, we're just going to streamline the brand and just call it FX, like FX linear shows. And then Hulu only FX shows are just FX. And then that hub on Hulu is just FX. So okay. under the banner of heaven is the first uh, FX show to stream exclusively on Hulu to debut since the discontinuation of the FX on Hulu brand. So what you're saying is I can watch it on Hulu. Yes, you can watch it on Hulu. Do not look for this on FX linear. So, uh, Uh, yeah. But the show itself, yeah, it's it's long episodes. All five episodes so far, over an hour. It's like an hour and four minutes every episode. Wow. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's, uh, you learn a lot about Mormons. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's a, a, a true case. Yes. From 1984. You can read about it. And uh, it's based on a nonfiction book. So it's not like your straightforward murder mystery. And it's it's more about Andrew's character. He's, he's the detective, uh, Jeb Pyree, um, also Mormon. And he goes through this crisis of faith when the, the more he digs into the case, you know, he uncovers that the, the Lafferty's um, or like the two, the two brothers who, who killed Daisy Edgar Jones's character, not a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Real life is not a spoiler. Okay. And I think it happened. It's in the first episode. Yeah. And he, you know, they, they were, they became like indoctrinated into like fundamentalist Mormonism, like it's whole thing. So yeah, he goes through a crisis of faith and uh, it's, it's very, it's, it's a, more of like a thinking murder mystery also mixed with a lot of history lessons because okay they do uh, reenactments of the 1800s of showing when like Mormons like went to Ohio and like went to Missouri and like Joseph Smith, who's like, you know, the main head guy. And yeah, I, so I don't know how people feel about those. I was like way into them. <laughs> I was like, I was like, give me more of these. Cause it was, it was like both funny to me in a good way. And also I was like intrigued by it. Hmm. So if if you're just going in there expecting like him solving a case, get ready for Mormon reenactments. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like necessarily like a true detective. No, but there is a lot of talking. And the first two episodes, I you it's it's a lot of like exposition background. Like he so Andrew just does a lot of like reacting in the first two episodes because he's like interrogating people. Like Billy Howell plays um Daisy's husband. And he just, he's, he's like explaining a lot throughout the entire show. <laughs> so he might have the second most amount of screen time really. Cause he has so many scenes with Andrew Garfield. Um, so then like later on, there's like other stuff. They, they exit the interrogation room. Um, and yeah, the cast is like uniformly great. Um, a lot of non-Americans here hmm. playing, you know, Utah Mormons. Yeah. Um, why Russell, who I love, um, I think he's like the the standout supporting guy for me. Like I, I put him in after, cause they sent the first episode a month ago and I put him in like after that. Like, so he plays Dan, one of the brothers who killed Daisy's character. Right. And he's the first one to be indoctrinated. And he, like their dad made him, there's like five brothers for, I don't know, a lot of brothers. And like their dad made him like the man of the house. So he goes through like a bunch of stuff. And he's like anti-tax and he runs for sheriff. <laughs> wow. But he's like, you know, like he's, he's always been like a very like unpredictable actor. Like there's this like dangerous quality to him. Yes. Exactly. And I think like he weaponizes that like really well in this role. Like you kind of got a little bit of that um, in Falcon Winter Soldier last year. And he should have been nominated for that. So yeah. So he uses that really well here. And Daisy's also good, but she's like definitely supporting. Because she's not even in the fifth episode. Like, there's like a little uh, glimpse of her during a montage, um, and I think she only has like one scene in the fourth episode. Uh, she has a good scene in the second episode in the TV station, but she's obviously the victim, and it's like her, she's she has to like reconcile like being in love with this guy, but she's also like a progressive, and you know she sees like what's happening to like her her brothers and malls and like the family. <laughs> becoming like extremists, you know? So, I mean, so I don't know right now, like Andrew will definitely win. I, I I feel like I need to see the rest of the show first. Yeah. And I feel like it needs to generate more 
but it hasn't, the buzz I think is still in its nascent stages for the show. But I think as it comes yeah. out, because of Andrew Garfield, it'll get a lot more attention. As it yeah, he's, he's having a banner year. So. He is. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was yeah. really good. I think it took me a second to get it and then I got it and I was like, damn, that was good. Uh, Joyce, let's do supporting actress while we're talking, even though I don't think that Daisy Edgar Jones is in our, our odds under supporting but i think uh, she's she's in lead in the production center yeah. so we we can't move her but no. i think uh so jennifer I think she'll be committed in supporting possibly uh so this is a, another one tons of people i went pretty chalk except uh, one one exception so I have, I have jennifer coolidge for white lotus presumably the front runner here uh people love jennifer coolidge on the white lotus it was a good show no signs of slowing down. Andy McDowell for Maid, I have in, in second. Kaylin Deaver for Dope Sick. And then I have Florence Pugh, uh, Connie Britton, and Lori Metcalf. And I left out Ellen Burstyn for The First Lady, who is fourth in our odds. Um, well, I totally, no offense to her, I totally forgot about Ellen Burstyn in The First wow. Lady. <laughs> no, she plays on FDR's mom, but she's, she's not in it that much no it feels like an it feels like she's this high in the odds for the name recognition yeah like because she's the person. It, it feels like when we were all predicting her for um uh pieces of a woman yes right yeah so yeah i have jennifer caitlin connie andy tony colette and florence Pugh. <laughs> I, so, I still have her <laughs> so tony colette i think would get in for the staircase if again if that show is like pays off on the premise and the, in the podcast, it's a juicy part as well. So she was like my seventh one. I was like, I think more two actually will get in. I, I just think she's such a blow up on, on Hawkeye. She's so good. Maybe that's a hope diction, but I don't I know. mean, it's definitely a hope diction. I, so it'll be interesting to see how Marvel does this year. Cause last year they had WandaVision obviously. Um, and this year they, I mean, in limited, they have Hawkeye and Moon Knight. Yes. So, I mean, I love Hawkeye, but I mean, I think from of the two, you know, no offense to Moon Knight, which is not finished yet. There's two episodes left. Uh, Hawkeye is the more successful show so far. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I prefer Hawkeye to Moon Knight. Um, That's what I mean. Yeah. Even though like Moon Knight's not finished yet, but yeah, but I, I think. I don't know. I, I think people think Moon Knight might do better because of the people involved, like Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. So yeah. both of them are really great on the show. And I think Oscar Isaac is in particular, like really strong because he's playing multiple characters. Also, also an accent. <laughs> huge, going big with the accent. Ethan Hawke, I feel like is just not phoning it in. I love Ethan Hawke, but it's just like nothing that surprised. Nothing is about his performance has surprised me. Not that that's bad. It's just like Ethan Hawke's awesome. He's always awesome. And here he is awesome again. So I wonder if he is not as much of a contender just because like, there's no, like there's not a discovery aspect to the performance where I think Oscar Isaac, even though he is such an acclaimed actor, he's doing things even on the show where I'm like, Oh, I never even thought, i never thought I would see Oscar Isaac. And it's like, he's like funny. And I don't know if people realize like he's funny. He's really funny. It, It reminds me, it's like a mix of, uh, I think of the performance as a mix of like Russell Brand and forgetting Sarah Marshall his Oscar Isaac's junket interviews with John Boyega for Star Wars, and then like just like serious thespian Oscar Isaac as well, plus Indiana Jones. It's just like a really, really fun mix. I, I, I'm highly enjoying his performance. You, you know, one of my big issues with Moon Knight is in the fourth episode when they have a VHSs, I believe it's Ethan Hawke um, who calls it a VHS player. And I'm like, it's a VCR, guys. You know this, you live through this. Ooh, the writers maybe didn't though, Joyce. Yeah, it's younger. It's younger. Maybe it's a younger room. But you know, that's uh, when you give a note. <laughs> but no, so so I have Florence Pugh in because I think like she is so good on the show that it's going to be undeniable. Uh, but maybe she's not, and then maybe it's Tony Collette. I do think. I, like, I mean, you know, it, it's. I I I would love it if Florence got in, and this is like very much a hope diction of me having her in. It's just like I don't know what I would replace her or who I would replace her with right now. Um, and I mean, I guess like if if Daisy gets in there, I'll, I'll put Daisy in. Um, right. And I think at one point I had three white lotus ladies in here um, with Alexandra Daddario as well. 
Um, I don't remember who I dropped her for, but I, apparently I did. Well, maybe do you have Lori Metcalf in? I, I do not. And I, I do like Lori on the dropout too. She comes, her character is missing through like a big chunk of the show and she comes back at the end. And it definitely is like a real supporting performance. I feel like, again, I don't think people care about this. Maybe I do. And it's like a hobby horse. And I'm like, she is actually supporting. Like she's not in it a lot. She comes in. It's like a great, you know, character kind of gives Amanda Seyfried, uh, Elizabeth Holmes, a what for it's just really good. And she's so good on it, I think. And she actually does articulate, I think a part of the, the, the theme of the show, which is how obviously like, I think the show is about like how Elizabeth Holmes was certainly not, supremely ethical at times with Theranos, uh, but also was like taking advantage of a system that was like built to like infantilize her and kind of like she took advantage of all these people who were trying to take advantage of her. And then Lori Metcalf is verbalizing like just the world is definitely a sexist place, but you doing this made it so much harder for all everybody else who's coming after you and like is so mad about that. Not even that you know, as mad about that as she is about like all the the duplicity, I guess. I I just think it's a great performance and she gets like a really few, really strong scenes. So that's why I have. Yeah. Especially towards the end. Cause like she gets like the heroic turn, right. When she returns, but um, you know uh, where else Lori Metcalf is. I do would say, cause I know you watch. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I've I've seen hacks and she's good on it. So that's all we can say. (laughs) That can only help maybe for for me. and then supporting actor Joyce, uh, another chaos magic for me here. I it I have uh, Murray Bartlett for the White Lotus again, another White Lotus fave here. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard for Dope Sick, Seth Rogen for Pam and Tommy. I have Naveen Andrews for the Dropout, Nick Robinson for Made. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have Nick Robinson for Made. I have uh, William H Macy for the Dropout and Jake Lacey for White Lotus. I, I did not have Nick Robinson, but he is next in our odds. Um, yeah, I I have Murray, Naveen, William H. Macy, Peter Sarsgaard, Y. Russell, and I still have O.T. Fabenye. I think he does uh, a good job as Barack Obama. Um, so he's I don't, also I don't know. I don't know if he'll get in. This well, is, again, also- no, no shade to him. I was like, who am I going to put in the sixth spot? <laughs> So he also has We Crashed and he's a very supporting part on We Crashed and it's a fun performance because he's such a dick uh, and like notably like understood a dick and also is like, it's funny because on that show, he's clearly the voice of reason, but because he's so unctuous compared to Adam, you're actually like not rooting for him, even though he's obviously right. It's a very funny performance. I think the one person we didn't talk about and just we kind of briefly touched on it before for the offer. Matthew Good for the offer plays Robert Evans. Anyone I've talked to about the show, and even I've, I've seen the, the first one, Joyce, uh, it comes to Paramount Plus soon. Uh, it's about the making of The Godfather it's, from it's the Thursday, perspective right? of Al Ruddy, who is a producer. It come, it's premiering Thursday. Is it already Thursday? What month is this? April? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we're almost in May, yeah. Wow. No, you're right. April 28th is Thursday. So it's premiering Thursday. Uh, Matthew Good plays Robert Evans. Just a just a home run part obviously because robert evans is such a character in hollywood history and matthew could kills it he's so so good at it and i do think he could get in and honestly like if he got in and the show actually you know who could say like how these things are going to perform because like we said uh paramount plus maybe doesn't have the reach as like a netflix or an hbo max even though it's like popular and who knows which shows will pop and which shows won't but if it does i think you can make a case for him even to go like towards the top because it is such a Hollywood fable type ready-made performance there that he's, he's quite good in. So I could see him getting in and even winning. <laughs> you know, what else is on Paramount plus? What else? 1883. Yes. Yellowstone. Well, the no, thing. Yellowstone is Paramount. 1883. Yellowstone spinoffs. I'm sorry. Right. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's unlimited. It is. You predict Sam Elliott. <laughs> I didn't predict Sam Elliott. Also, is he a lead or supporting? I think he's lead. He's he's in lead. I think he's in lead. He's in yeah, there, right? He's in lead. The supporting is Tim McGraw, uh, and and Faith Hill, <laughs> and Faith Hill. Uh, I didn't predict. But you know, n- now that he's apologized. Yeah, no, I didn't predict them for for limited. I do have Yellowstone rating well. I think in the drama categories. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the 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 Yellowstone where, umbrella will 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 fan out for eighteen eighty three. Where is Sam Elliott in here? <laughs> I can't even find him. Oh, he's 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 down in 
31st place. Yeah, there's just a lot of people, Joyce. Like we said, yeah, there's a lot of famous people here. There's like Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd. Um, Yeah, we didn't even talk about for the shrink next door and Apple TV show. Yeah, Sean Sean Penn for Gaslight. Amazing. Um, Oh, impeachment. Remember impeachment? Clive Owen. Yeah. Well, Clive Owen for Bill Clinton, you know, Beanie Feldstein is having a moment because Funny Girl premiered uh, this week on Broadway. So maybe she yeah. gets back. Uh, also, like a very interesting confluence of headlines between Funny Girl reviews and uh, Leah Michelle yesterday. Yeah, I saw somebody talking about yeah, that her. because Leah Michelle's back for Spring Awakening, which is next week yeah. on HBO. And then Max. maybe some like TMI. Yeah, she talked about showing uh, showing her 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 vagina to uh, Jonathan Groff, Joyce. Yeah. Great. Great moments in with, in with a dust clamp. Yeah, just great. And, you know, I'm in. That's great. Uh, great moments in, in getting, you know, getting your getting your name in the headlines. You know, you do what you got to do with promo. So really um, good. And then there's oh, Tom Hiddleston for Essex Serpent, which yeah, Tom, uh, the, the trailer came out today. It did. Just do a brief on that. because Then we got I think we're going to wrap up. But it's, it's briefly do Essex Serpent here. Uh, I've seen the whole thing. We can't talk about it because it's under embargo. Right. Um, but yes, I've seen the whole thing and, uh, Tom Hiddleston wears a very nice scarf in it. I think I can say that you see it in the trailer. And I think it's not in the still photo. So, yeah. And, um, I, I was big into crocheting in college and it reminded me of the scarves that I used to crochet in college. Um, I, I have not read the book this is based on, but I did read the Wikipedia synopsis of the book. Just as good. Yeah, just as good. So uh, I, I clocked some of the things they did change and maybe did not change. And so originally, Kira Knightley was supposed to play the female lead in this. Mm-hmm. And she had to drop out because of like child care issues with COVID, et cetera. And Claire Danes replaced her. And I feel like when you watch it, you you can see why this is a very Kira Knightley project because you know Kira Knightley loves a period piece. Yeah, she does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Choice. Last thing here before we we uh, sign off, we want to just say um, we're going back to the Oscars playback this week. Joyce. We are. Um, yes. Yes. And we're doing the 1999 ceremony, a, a fraught a fraught ceremony then and even now, Fe- featuring my favorite film. Same by Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> uh, so, so stay tuned for that. And we'll be back more with Emmy stuff, Joyce. I love the limited stuff. I'm sure we'll talk about it many times because the nominations are not for three months. So, <laughs> well, and there's still like that. 37 shows that are going to premiere in the next month yes. to make eligibility. So, <laughs> it's going to be great. All right. Talk to you later, Joyce. Bye. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.